be patient with each other and be compassionate with each other. And if someone messes up, you know, it's okay. Be grateful when someone does a good job, like a, a thank you from a coworker, a thank you from a superior is, is big. So just show appreciation. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Whisker Talks, the Whisker Cloud Veterinary Marketing Podcast. I'm Adam Greenbaum, CEO and founder of Whisker Cloud. Today, I have Jamie Falzone from the Massachusetts Veterinary Medical Association. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. And I know Massachusetts Veterinary Medical Association, it's a mouthful. Yeah, we. I just did an episode with the Multicultural Veterinary Medical Association. And yeah, so it's like veterinary medicine, just because of the, you know, you basically have to have the words veterinary medical association with everything. So there's a lot of syllables there. That's right. It's one of those words you don't think you're going to have to type off. And then you're like, oh my God, how do I spell that again? Woo. <laughs> Veterinary, like Wednesday. <laughs> By the way, I st- I always do that when I type Wednesday. I always do um, that. If, in my you, head. if you say you don't do it, you're lying. So yeah, I do that with the word coincidence too, and like uh, consciousness. I'm always like, I, yeah, there's weird. I probably misspell. I probably have to type the word veterinary or veterinarian more than any human on earth, and I misspell it constantly. I'm always forgetting like the third eye or how many eyes are there. There's one eye, so never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, A, you and I spoke a couple days ago, and I was like, okay, shit, we got to do a podcast about this. And here we are. Here we are. Before we jump in, let's talk about you and your veterinary origin story. How did you get into veterinary medicine? How did you end up with the MVMA? Oh, boy. Oh, it's a long one. I'll try to give you the uh, Reader's Digest version. I, <laughs> I I know everyone's always like, oh, when I was a kid, I loved animals. and blah. I was terrified of animals as a kid. I had a scary experience with a neighborhood dog. My dad and I are both allergic to cats. We've only ever had fish in my house when I was a kid. So, you know, my beloved fish, as if you've ever heard anyone say that, lived to be 24 years old. So we were doing wow. something right. But yeah, I didn't have much experience with animals. I wanted to be on Broadway when I was a kid. I thought I would be living that New York City life. Was not a dancer, no triple threat over here. So I did the liberal arts thing, went to um, college, double majored music and English. I was like, oh, English is my my quote unquote fallback career. (laughs) And there I was, 2009, graduated at the height of the recession, um, looking for any job I could get applied for, I am not even kidding you, applied for 95 jobs. Um, Everything and anything got nowhere. So I ran away to Italy and I volunteered on a farm making wine and olive oil. And it was the best. And that was my first experience living with animals and really, um, you know, seeing them up close. There were dogs with puppies, there were cats with kittens, there were hogs. It was like the dream. And I fell in love with with dogs. These puppies were like my life when I was there for for a few months. And like the next 10 years, I just spent desperately wanting a pet dog and living in Boston and having, you know, small apartments where no pets, all of that. Flash forward to 2018 and my husband and I finally got our dog. She's sitting over here. I'm hoping she behaves herself, no whining, but she is our life. And so, so when I, when I came back from Italy, I was like, all right, well, I still need a job, you know, <laughs> so that, that didn't go away. I was hired by an association management company to run nonprofit businesses and a connection there worked at the MVMA. And she was like, come on over, let's get you started here. Um, and it's just been, it's been an awesome, challenging, um, really just interesting. It's not a field that I necessarily would have ever thought I'd be in. And it's, it's not all puppies and kittens, I think, as, as a lot of people think it is. And I'm sure we'll talk about that later with some of the, the topics um, we're going to discuss. But I come from a family of mental health professionals. My dad's a child psychologist. My mom's a social worker. My sister's a behavior therapist. I wanted to avoid that career path like the plague. And um, I thought I was. And I will say that a big part of this job is listening um, to our members, to the general public. Um, and, and a lot of people don't associate veterinary medicine with counseling, but it really is very, very connected. Um, so 
Yeah, I, that's like I said, it's kind of a long and winding journey that got me here, but it's been wonderful. And um, I've met so many amazing people and animals. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny about that? I'm not kidding you is for a long time since I, my first couple conversations with you and just talking to you, I've long felt you reminded me of one of my best friends on earth. And, and she, I believe had a degree in theater from Radford university. And, and you just, the way you speak, like you just are a lot like her. And the fact that you just told me that you're, you know, you're like a theater background. I was like, Oh shit, that makes so much sense. Wow. <laughs> and it's just funny. You remind me of Lisa so much. It just blew my mind that you said that. So that's really cool. And I love to, you know, like I said, I think vet medicine needs more of us outsiders who, you know, aren't from vet med because vet med has been stuck in their own ways for a long time. And I think we all need outside perspectives. I mean, even at Whisker Cloud, I think one of the things we do best is we bring people from vet med into our tech company who can kind of give us the version of communication that our customers agree with more than probably how we communicate in the tech world where everything we do is fast and quick and, you know, and, and in vet med, it's just different. And you and I were talking Tuesday with some people from our marketing team about bullying in veterinary medicine and, and some of the things you're dealing with, with the MVMA. And then beyond that, some of the things we're counseling a couple customers through her going through hell right now. And I wanted to, you know, I want to kind of talk about it because I think it's a topic that we all know exists and it's a topic that is, I don't know. I don't want to say it's like taboo to talk about, but do you feel like people are weird talking about bullying in veterinary medicine? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And again, I think people are, and it's funny, like my wife says to me, everyone out there knows I love the Hulk. I'm, I don't really fly off the handle ever, ever, ever. But like, you know, I have, I have that capability. And there's been times where we're in public and I'll like, you know, see someone doing something horrible to someone at a restaurant and I'll walk over and, you know, say something like, Hey, Seriously, fuck off. Leave this person alone. They're at work. I don't know who you think you are. And I have, that's like a really bad thing that I do often. And during COVID, oh my God, my I would like really upset my wife. You know, if we were somewhere, whether you agree with masks or don't agree with masks, whether you agree with this or whether you agree with that, I don't really give a shit. But, you know, if we're out and I see you like mistreating an employee, it's the same thing I do for my own employees. I feel the need to, you know, jump in and be like, Hey, don't do that. I'm not like trying to fight people. I never, I, I, I avoid conflict, but I also feel like it's my duty as just a normal human to be like, please don't bully that person. You don't know them. They're at work. This isn't the place for that. And I see on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, all these videos, you know, they, they follow these people around the country. And I, I, I always like, I show my wife, like some of these are just so bad. I'm like, man, if I was there, I'd be in prison. <laughs> so, oh God, it's like when I see the, when I see people like on a plane throwing, like going nuts and throwing oh, shits on I a plane. Oh my, I mean, I, I'm like, literally, I'm like, I don't know who in the I universe. Turn it off. Is I, just, I know, I know the blood pressure. You just feel it. Your, your cheeks get hot and you're like, okay, I need to remove myself because I'm screaming at the TV. Like, you know, <laughs> and the neighbors are looking over and oh, what's going on with the new person. Oh, the dog's looking at me funny. Like, yeah, no, oh, I'm like, I always say to my wife, I'm like, the universe just better keep me off of a situation like that. Cause like, it, I just, I don't think I would do well with it, but right. you know, veterinarians, they're, they just have a different personality type. And, I, and I've noticed that they all, they're very introverted and, and they don't like conflict and they don't like confrontation. And then they get to a point where the, you know, the bullying starts day one. And by the way, the bullying starts at whisker cloud too. There's just a difference. Mm -hmm. Our customers love us because, you know, we work with them and we're really proactive, not reactive. That's not saying vets aren't, but when people do cross a line and there is a line that gets crossed, I don't want to say daily, but weekly, someone crosses a line. Our team like really respectfully just says, Hey, thank you so much. You know, in the future, this is, this is the process that we go through in the future. If you could, you know, show some restraint and make sure that you treat our team with respect, that'd be great. And we get a lot of people are like, well, I'm so sorry. You're absolutely right. So you were telling us a story at, at what you do at MVMA. And I guess for the people that don't know, can you kind of talk about what are the membership benefits of, you know, joining the MVMA. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't want to be cliche, but I think um, the, the great thing about local veterinary medical associations in any state is that sense of community. It's people who come from the same professional background who who have a sounding board in each other and who have a resource. Um, you know, we do a lot of legislative work at the state house here in Boston for our members um, to advocate for the profession. That's a huge, huge benefit that's tangible. And, you know, our newsletter is tangible and our email blasts are tangible. But I think something that people don't necessarily think about is you have you have staff who are not veterinarians who are here for you to answer your questions, but also to answer questions from the public. I told you earlier, you know, a lot of my job is listening. I talk to pet owners every single week. Probably every day that I'm in the office, we get a call from a pet owner who who just wants to talk through a situation, who, um, you know, maybe is upset with the care that they got or maybe is angry that they can't go into their vet's office. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to listen to that and I'm here to respond to that and talk through it and be that voice for veterinarians because I because I can and not that they can't. But I think the, the vet industry, it's such a demanding career and you you are focusing on medicine you are doing so many other things besides medicine but if someone wants to talk to you for an hour about why they can't come into your clinic that's not a good use of your time that's where that's where we really come in to be that voice for the industry those are just a few of our benefits again though i just come back to community um i think it's really important to hear from each other to you know, validate your experiences to know that it's not just you going through this. It's it's the person in the town next door. It's the person in the town over the border. You know, um, you're all in this and you all have different experiences, but a lot of them have the same tone and, and to troubleshoot. And again, to come back to us as your staff and your administration and say, here's how you can help us. That's that's my main goal in all of this is to be a resource for our members and constantly give them what they need. Every conversation I have with a pet owner is a way for me to reflect and say, how can we then use that and, and give the public what they need, but also give our members what they need. Well, and when you told me that, because I, you know, you were saying like, I'm on the phone. Well, you said I'm on the phone all the time with, with, you know, people talking through this stuff. I said, oh, vets. And you said, no, pet parents. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I said, do they use you like the better business bureau? And you said, yeah. So I was like, <laughs> floored by that because like, I, I don't, like I said, I, you're the perfect, like super nice cop person. If someone called me and was like, <laughs> my vet said I had to do curbside, I'd be like, yep. And that's what works for them. Well, I'm not happy about it. That's cool. No one's forcing you to go to that vet. You can go to another vet where they're not doing that. But in this scenario, you've chosen to work with a private business and that's this, and that's what they put yeah. in place. And oh, it's like, it's that wrong. simple. I'm, I mean, I am I am not always like if you could see my face, which I'm glad you can't. It's one of those. The cheeks are red. The eyes are rolling. Like I'm not I'm listening and I'm taking it in. But and and certainly to some extent validating feelings because I, too, am a pet parent and I understand that it's frustrating. But these people really, at the end of the day, most pet owners just want to be heard. It's not a matter. And I'm not saying, oh, yeah, you're right. You're, yeah, you should. You should bang down the door of the vet clinic. No. <laughs> But if they need to let that out and yell and scream, I would rather be the person on the other end to then kind of give my reflection and say, well, okay, here, just like you said, here, here's the deal. If you don't like it, there are other vets and I'm happy to help you find someone in, in our database of veterinarians who may be another fit for you. But I think, again, and maybe this is my, my parents always joked, like you still have that mental health gene in you, even if, even if you didn't go into it as a career, it's like, okay. You can tell me your life story. I'll listen to you all day long. Um, let's talk through it. It's a better use of my time than for you to call the vet's office that's already overwhelmed. They are short-staffed. You know, the, the reception doesn't need to hear you yelling and screaming. Um, and if it helps people to do that to me, then, all right, here you go. Here I am. <laughs> How can yeah. I then use turn it around and, and make a resource for a public awareness campaign or so, you know, just to say, look, I understand you're feeling this way, but here's, here's the deal. 
in like at the end of the day, you know, maybe you do a few of those calls. Do, are you able to just walk away and be like, whatever? I mean, I probably, <laughs> probably not too hard because you know, it's not like they're your customers or are there any that ever come in where you're like, like still mad at dinner? <laughs> I mean, my husband certainly hears stories of people and, and my colleague and I, you know, I'm really lucky to have a colleague. Um, it's just two of us on staff, but we can kind of, you know, you kind of have to laugh at it because otherwise you do get it. You just let the anger um, consume you. And, you know, no matter how hard you try to think of, oh, well, what are they feeling? And okay, yeah, I get it. But you're still like, okay, that's not how you act though. You're, you're we're all humans and there's a human on the other line. If, if um, you know, if you're going to go yell and scream at the veterinarian, please remember that they're a person. And would you how would you feel? You know that. How would you feel? But yeah, I try not to let. I think the other thing is, it's just life is too busy. Like I can't. I'm not gonna let some person who I talk to for an hour ruin my entire day because I have 20 other things to do. So all right, I'm just gonna move on to the next thing and focus on that. <laughs> move on. Well, move on. Well, and I and again, it's like you're right. I, I it's it's weird to me. It's like if I was gonna complain about a business to uh, even if they even if that business was partnered with another business but you know it's it's interesting because i think it's great that you're all there to listen i often wonder why <laughs> i don't even know how to word this i'm trying to like be i'm trying to be like i'm trying don't to be nice about it on now. <laughs> all right yeah screw it well as i was telling as you and i discussed right before this like i think our podcast has grown so much because you know, there's not like this script. It, it's very like whatever. I told you, curse if you want. So I guess okay, let's just jump into this. It is really just like, who has the time for this shit? How do they have the time? Who are these people that have this time? Isn't your dog sick? Don't you want to? Don't you want to go find That's a vet? Right. You want to go? You, pro you probably yeah. <laughs> fought with the the techs at this hospital. Then you made this call. Get a life. I don't know. I don't. Know. Maybe I'm just weird. I'm just. I'm just not like the. You know, I don't want to go scream from the rooftop. Just go handle your shit. Just go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Maybe I'll start. Hey, you know, maybe maybe 2022 is the year to stop taking these angry calls. And just <laughs> Could you just, I mean, would you be able to keep a straight face? It, you know, if someone calls you freaking out and you're just like, okay, okay, I hear you. And I, I can't believe they made you wait in your car. And could you quickly tell me who was holding the gun to your head to make you stay there? Would Would, would they like, would they just freak out at that? That's a good question. I mean, again, I've never tried that tactic, but perhaps we can <laughs> get there. Maybe it's just my personality. I don't know. I think I really do have this, this, I, I find that people just talk to me, even if I don't look like I'm interested at the grocery store. It's like waiting in line. Like, let me tell you my life story. Did I ask? Do I care? No, like that's just, Hey, you know, takes all kinds. But no, I, I do agree. And I also don't want it to to make it seem like, oh, well, the MVMA will listen to whatever you say. So all the crazy pet owners should start calling me like, no, thanks. But um, but I do think that for I, I want our members to understand. And I, I tell them this, you know, if, if you're having an issue, feel free to tell your clients to call us, because I do think that having a resource and having someone who's not the, the person who you have the problem with might help people kind of see it from another perspective. Like when it's just you're angry and the person you're angry at's in front of you, you're going to probably yell at them. But if a third party is there and, and you tell your story and it sounds like they're listening and then they give you feedback that's that makes you think without saying, hey, stupid, listen up, shut up. But makes them <laughs> think maybe, maybe I get through to one or two of them. Great. Like self-reflection people. So I don't know. But I'll get back to you. you know the first the next the next pet owner good goodness helps them if I if I take take an Adam standpoint and just <laughs> tell them like it is well I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> God, you know it's great too. It's like my wife and I always talk about this podcast, and I'm always like I probably come off just so negative and aggressive, even though I'm just a kind of like just a straightforward guy. Like I don't want to dilly dally. It's like hey, what do you need? Let's go. And I, I mean, I think that's what makes Whisker Club great. Even when I train our support people, it's like you know. I said, we're the experts. So if they email in and they're upset about something, you better do a great job of thoroughly explaining it. If someone comes in and they're confused, I need you to give them a full explanation. Don't mail it in. Don't just assume. And, and I want to ask you this. I mean, you work with a lot of vet hospitals and you provide a lot of resources. Why do you think 
bullying is becoming more and more of a prevalent thing in veterinary medicine. Do you think hospitals just aren't training on it? I mean, that's how we train here too. It's always like, I mean, I'm always asking the question, you know, are, are, you know, we all know what to do on a perfect day. What happens when the quarterback fumbles the snap? Does everyone know what they need to do right then and there? And do vet hospitals know what to do? Mm-hmm. Okay. First and foremost, sports ball things are not going to fly with me. I'm not going to know what you're Perfect. talking about. Just saying. Okay, done. <laughs> done. Remember musical theater, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, well, and I think you're, you're kind of bringing bringing it into the bullying within clinics, which is, uh, we were, we were talking about kind of the bullying of, of clients and, and that's, but no bullying in vet med is huge. And I don't think it's talked about, and I'll be honest, I don't have people coming to me about that either, because I think like you said earlier, it's not something people talk about, even though everyone knows it's happening. And, you know, VIN Veterinary Information Network has has forums and the hospital managers have forums. And I think people talk about it in their silos, but it's not a group discussion of, hey, everyone, veterinarians, technicians, receptionists, kennel staff, all the whole hospital. It's not this holistic approach. It's everyone living in their silos and maybe bitching behind each other's backs. But why, to your point, why can't we talk about it, be direct, discuss. It's an issue. And we talk about how bad burnout is, but are people necessarily pointing to the interpersonal hospital relationships? It's easy to say, well, the clients are angry and put it back on that because it's hard to talk about. Oh my, don't get, I don't like talking about it. It makes me uncomfortable too, but, um, but it's happening and brushing it under the rug is just making it worse. Well, and okay. So I, I mean, and I was talking about both like clients, bowling vets and you know, how do, why don't yeah. they handle it? But it, I mean, I even like where you took it, where it's like even internally and it mm-hmm. just seems like there's just a lot of stuff. And so I always say there's like a chain, right? And, and this comes from one of my favorite shows ever, how I met your mother, where it's like, you know, I hear a lot of stories about how, you know, vet business owners are under a lot of stress. They're, they're tough on their customer, you know, they're tough on their, their team. Customers are tough on them. And it just goes in the cycle where it's like, you know, customers are tough on them. They're tough to their teams. Their team is, their team is tough on vendors and might send rude emails to vendors. And you just have this, like, you know, this roundabout way. And, and at some point someone has to break the chain and, yeah, but I don't know if, you know, so let's let's get rid of the sports ball reference. But again, it's like <laughs> if, if in the hospital, someone's in there freaking out and all of a sudden a main stage light falls from the ceiling, you know, what happens? Or, you know, someone on stage forgets their line. By the way, everyone out there, when I was in middle school, I was a thespian. That goes back to middle school. There was never anything past that. But in middle school, I was the middle school version of a thespian back in Las Vegas. Anyway, now that now that that fun tidbits out there, but yeah, it's like someone forgets their lines. Does the whole show freeze or does everyone know what to do? If a light falls, if you know something on the set drops, it's like, you know, what does everyone do? And it's like the hospitals are so busy and crazy. What happens when someone having that bad day starts punching the door and screaming, let me in, let me in. It's like. Do they know what, do they train for that? Probably not. Cause it maybe doesn't mm-hmm. happen as often, but right, you know, right. I, we train for anything and everything here. It's like, what happens if all of our servers crash? Like we have an email ready if, if like there's like a nuclear bomb, but we also have emails ready when there's crazy weather, we're able to, we have a, we have something in our system. It's called like a crazy weather email. We see what's coming in and we can target it by States. And we'll just hit those. We'll say, okay, Texas, Georgia. Hey, crazy weather's coming. What, what can we do to help? This is, these are some of the things we can do. So we, we think about all those things, but do vet hospitals, you know, if, if, if someone's in there and they're like, you're going to charge me $20 to clip my dog's nails. Are you fucking crazy? Like, do they know what to do? Does the receptionist know what to do? I don't know. It's just, it's always interesting to think about because I think there's so much going on that you just don't always have the time to prepare for that. Right. Right. Exactly. And I know client communication is becoming more and more, common for, you know, we, we need this and, and some hospitals certainly have that, but I'm sure they don't all. And, and again, it goes back to that capacity and it goes back to the staffing shortage. And, and if you need someone who's filling in or someone who's been working a 13 hour day, at the end of the day, you have the client who the straw that breaks the camel's back, how, 
how should they handle that? How how can you ask them to keep it cool when they're under all of that stress? No, it's it's awful. And I think it, it, it's maybe it's unrelated, but I, I think so much about the negative, but when can we focus on the positive and when do we celebrate those little victories? And um, someone was, someone asked my colleague the other day, her friend went through a really horrible, I mean, euthanasia is never easy and that decision is never easy, but it was a long battle and they finally euthanized their animal. And the tech was so sweet and sat on the floor with, with the client and the, and the dog for for an hour and um, just went really went above and beyond. And she, she said, what, what do you think is a nice way to thank that person for doing that? Should I give them a card? Should I give them a gift? And it was that you never hear that, you know, we no, never, never, never. Call saying what would be a nice way to thank my veterinarian. It's why can't I go in? But you know, everyone has always, and that's the same with online reviews and, and just, you know, we hear so much negativity and when someone has something good to say, they don't necessarily say it. They kind of keep it inside, but we should, we need to do a better job. I think client clients to, to staff, certainly, but even staff to staff, I think saying thank you or saying you did really well today goes a long way. I know that's totally unrelated to what you were just saying, but it just popped in my head when you were, when you're talking about training and I'm just like kind of going down that rabbit hole of, Ooh, this leads to this leads to this. And, and instead of focusing on the negative, I wish we could kind of focus on the positive a little more. So I, I fully agree with you. And even on our, even on our, the whisker cloud blog, and I, and I think this post is kind of old, but it was literally, I think we did a post maybe a year or two ago, there was like the power of please and thank you. And, and, and really like, it's something that we practice at whisker cloud, but it's something that I really want. I mean, all businesses should practice this. I mean, I've said this many times on this podcast and this isn't to shame our customers. We have, um, we work with amazing people, but I, I mean, I tell every new person, you're going to, you're going to handle a lot of stuff in a day. And I'm going to tell you right now, you will get zero pleases and zero thank yous. And if you get one or two, you should be really excited about that. But I'm just telling you now that the odds are you're not going to get a lot of pleases and thank yous. And you need to, you need to sort of sit back and up and accept that now. And it's funny, like I'm, I'm a shithead. So like if I'm in public and, and I like take a long time and hold the door open for someone or, you know, help yeah. someone pick something up and they don't say, please or thank you. I'm always like, Oh, you're welcome. Have a good day. Even. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't even need to do that, but I always do it. Why do I always do it? Do you do that? I don't do the passive aggressive. You're welcome. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Well, at least you Sorry, called me. No, on I, it. <laughs> I just love this. No, I, I do hold the door for people when they're a mile away and I'm, I no, but I don't, I don't. <laughs> Isn't it weird you, though? Like you, no, but is it weird you do that and they literally just walk through and don't no, even is. say anything? You're like, where? Who raised you? Like, what is this? <laughs> no, I know. But again, it goes back to the way we 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 both handle things. I am the one whose eye is twitching and who's like, that person is such an asshole for not thanking me, but I don't say it. Whereas you are distracted and you're like, wow. But I'm not like rude. I'm not like, hey, you're welcome. I'm always no, just like, oh, hey. You're welcome. Have a good day. My wife always like slaps my shoulder. She's like, why? I'm like, I don't know why. I'm trying to make the world a better place. I'm a famous podcaster. Maybe that's the Bostonian in me. See, I took that as a total passive aggressive move on your part. You were, you're genuinely saying you're welcome. Well, I'm, well, I think I'm saying it in a way where it's like, you didn't say thank you, but I'm saying you're welcome. And, and I'm hoping, and I'm hoping you walk away from that and you're like, shit, I should have said thanks for that. And, and again, I, I don't, if someone turned around and like wanted to fist fight me, I would be like, okay, I probably shouldn't have said that. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I think that's, you know, and by the way, even in our, you know, even in our support tickets, like I tell our team, I don't care how mean someone is. And by the way, like we get a lot of weird, mean people. I always tell everyone, like, just kill them with kindness every single time, every time. And that's what we do. So you have these people that you support both in the hospital and pet parents, what's been your biggest takeaway from all of this? <laughs> I mean, again, I hate to say it again, but I really do believe that people just want to be heard. Um, again, whether it's the pet parents who need someone to yell at or to kind of redirect that and, and make them see the other side, or if it's the veterinary staff who say, we need X, we are struggling, this is what we need, and then I can give it to them. I think 
we're all just people and we all just, we, we have needs and we need other people to validate them in certain ways. And um, it's what we then do with that, what we hear. So let me, I'm going to ask you a question. Let's say you owned a hospital and you had someone, you had a pet parent that was just screaming at your reception team or your vet tech or your practice manager and was just going nuts. How would you, Jamie, the owner of this hospital, handle it? Would there be a three strike policy? Would there be a one strike policy? Would you, would you personally walk out? Would you send someone out? What would be your, how would, you know, what would be your process for this? Sure. Yeah. Um, I do think it's super important from the top down to have that leadership and to step up as the owner and, and go have the conversation. I mean, certainly not if you're in the middle of surgery, but to be the person to say, look, the owner is going to call you back or talk to you in some capacity to try to talk you off that ledge. I do think it's very important for senior leadership to um, model that kind of behavior um, and also, I think in some in for some pet parents, that might be the only way they respond is to say, you know, it's that Karen moment of I need to talk to your manager. OK, well, I'm the manager and here's the deal. You do have to be respectful to to my staff. We are providing you a service. You're entrusting us with your animal. That's a family member. If you don't trust us and you don't like what we're doing, you can leave. And I, I have talked to a lot of veterinarians who have had to have those difficult conversations and who have had to fire clients. It's a two-way street. I mean, you can you can decide you don't want to see the veterinarian. They can decide they don't want to see you. And, you know, it's a small community. A lot of towns don't have 20 veterinarians. A lot of them are not taking new clients or, or are limiting the amount they can accept. If you act a certain way, like I said before, there are forums, people talk. You also don't want to kind of you're hurting your pet at the end of the day if you're gonna do this to to someone who's caring for your animal because it's gonna be harder to find someone who's willing to if you're difficult to deal with. I think people don't necessarily realize that. They get on the, I am my pet's voice. You absolutely are your pet's voice. You are their number one advocate, but there is a way to do that advocacy. There is a way to be appropriate and there is a way to respect other human beings who you're again entrusting the care of your family member with and and you don't want to burn that bridge uh but yeah i i think it's really it's very interesting that you ask that because it it is i'm kind of in my own the mvma as and i think that's the benefit of having this separate entity that can not fight your battles but who who can listen and take that perspective because it's not easy as a as a hospital owner to do that and especially with the the time constraints and all of all of that. They they shouldn't have to do this. They shouldn't have to talk to angry pet owners all day, every day. But you better believe that that I would I, I my tune might change if it were if people were coming after me and if they were bashing the MVMA, I, I would probably not be as nice. Do you want to know what I would do? <laughs> yes. Of course I want to know what you would do. I have some things in my mind of what you would do, but I'm ready. Well, A. I mean, this year, this in 2021, I've gotten rid of two people because they called employees of, of Whisker Club names. And I and I called both personally and just said, hey, you're, you're done. We're done. You're out of here. Both both were shocked. Oh, my God. Oh, you're so sensitive. I said, I'm not sensitive at all. Trust me. I said, but here's the thing. I have an amazing product and I and that product only exists because of this amazing team. And I, and I said this to both of them. I fully believe in to my core. I believe that we all, we all deserve the repercussions of our actions, good or bad. I've made bad decisions in my life and it's cost me dearly. And I've made good decisions that have really enriched my life. If you're making the decision to call someone at whisker cloud a name, that's totally fine. I believe that we have an awesome product and awesome team. I don't believe you deserve the right to work with that team or have that product or, or have these people that care about you so much. And now you can go and you know, the grass isn't always greener. You felt like you could talk that way here. And we did have one person I did that to. And a month later, they were like, Hey, I'm working with a competitor now. I please, this sucks. I'm so sorry. I will personally apologize to her. And I said, I'm sorry, but I'm, I will not ever let my team know that 
this is okay. And the only way to do that is to have an ironclad, you're gone for life. And I believe in that. And as a business, you know, vet hospitals, whisker cloud, it's the same thing. We have a sales meeting every morning and we look at revenue every single day. Obviously it's important to me the same way it is for the hospitals, but no, no amount of revenue is worth losing either of the two people that were sort of, you know, yelled at this year on earth like they're more valuable than any customer we could have so i really believe in that and i like i said and i always like to explain that to people like this isn't a personal thing but you made a choice and for me i really really want you to feel the repercussions of that choice not even in a like a sick nasty way but you made a choice and i need you to and i want you to and i'm gonna and i'll tell a quick story so we moved I had an amazing vet. Love this guy. He's a whisker cloud customer. We just moved a little bit too far. So we have a new vet. And recently, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast. They're really nice. I like them. They're an AHA accredited hospital. And and we recently went to our new hospital. Love them. They're great. We had an appointment at 4 o'clock. We got there at 3.55. We text to check in. And I had both dogs. And it was a quick thing. We're just getting a couple Apoquil shots. Not the end of the world. 10 minute, you know, so it's like 410. They're like, we'll be there in a second. Okay, we're 10 minutes late. Not a big deal. At 420, no one comes out for us. So I send a text. Hey, they're like, hey, we're running a little behind. We'll be out there in five minutes. Well, like another five minutes goes by. And then I didn't say anything. And then another 10 minutes goes by. Finally, 45 minutes went by. We'd been, we sat in our car for 50 minutes. I sent them a text and I said, hey, I need to leave because I have somewhere to be at five. I, I my, my dogs really need this. I said, I'm not going to throw a fit here, but can someone call me so we can at least talk through when I can get my dogs back in the, let me preface this by also saying like, there was like, it, I had to make this appointment the, the Monday before. So this was like a two week wait. And, and I sent that text and they said, you know, we're really behind. So sorry. It went this way. I said, that's totally okay. But I just need you to understand something. No one followed up with me via text. You've let us sit in our car and, and all I'm asking for is someone to call me. And they're like, we're just so slammed right now. I said, I promise you that the owner of this hospital, who I'm not sure who it is, would very much appreciate if you could call me and we could get this figured out. So I left and we got, I got a call 40 minutes later. I mean, we're talking, it was like 540. Um, I mean, that was almost two hours after I got there. And I was actually at the dog park with my dogs and I'm talking to the practice manager. And I said, listen, I know what you go through every day. And I'm really glad that this happened to me and not someone else who was going to like go leave you a one star review. I said, but in the future, I just I need you all to understand this. I, I said, I own a company. We do reputation management. And she said, yeah, yeah, yeah we know who you are. And I'm like, oh, oh shit. Great. Well, I know that sucks because like I, I was trying to be super chill about it. And I've never I've never told them like, yeah. oh, hey, by the way, your website's just OK, which it's not great. But anyway, but. But she was like, we know who you are. We love your podcast. And I was like, cool. Well, like I said, and I said, that's why I'm like being so chill about this. Cause I just want you to understand, like I said, we see 500 reviews a day. And, and most of them, we think to ourselves, would one text to fix that? Would one, would one compassionate phone call would, you know, would someone saying, Hey, you guys like, this guy and his wife have been sitting in their car outside with their two Boston Terriers for like 45 minutes. And we have not texted them back. Can someone please jump on that? And you just, and I told her that I said, you know, you just have to have a person in place. I said, all it would have taken, we live three, three and a half miles away. All it would have taken is one text just saying, Hey, I am so crazy. Sorry. We're so, I know you've been waiting a long time. Is there any way we can squeeze you in tomorrow? Whatever Sunday, Monday, just know that this is not indicative of what we do. And, and again, I think we all would have been good. And anyway, we had a really good talk. They fit us in Sunday morning. They, you know, it was literally an eight minute appointment and it was two Apoquel shots. You know, it, it the, in those eight minutes, I spent more than most people pay us for a month of our service. But, you know, but beyond that, like I was really level headed. I mean, I was in the car. I was looking at my wife. I'm like, I, I'm ranting to my wife. I'm like, this right here is why they get fucking one star reviews all the time and they don't understand it. And, and, and I'm, of course, like I didn't say this to them cause my job is not, I'm not there as a pet parent. I want to, I want them to take care of my pets. I picked that hospital because they're near my home because they're highly rated. You know, my pets are older. So I said, screw it. Let's go with aha accredited. And I wanted, and I wanted people who are going to care. I don't want to burn that bridge, but I also felt they need to hear that. And I don't know how they took it. I mean, everything was great. They were awesome at our appointment, but 
yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was one of those situations where, you know, is it a coin flip where the person, the car freaks out, never comes back. And again, I'm someone with three animals who does annual dental cleanings, does, you know, blood work every six months. Cause I want to know everything going on, you know, does Apoquel, does the hydrolyzed soy food, does the side of point shots. I'm on, you know, I I'm on top of everything I'm worth for three animals. I'm worth 10, 12,000 a year. Why would you want to burn that bridge? Cause you couldn't send a text. So I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. The way you handled it, it's so funny, though, because when we're talking about that high, like, how can you handle these people who are just freaking out? You were not freaking out at them. You were you were direct and I and clearly angry and letting them know frustrated and letting them know how you felt without being aggressive. And I think it, it just goes back to that. There, there does need to be that better communication on both sides. If you're unhappy with your veterinarian, you should if you think it's worth talking to them and you want to keep them as your veterinarian, great. Have that conversation. Let them know that you feel a certain way. And whether that's on a phone call or in an email, communicate it so that they can improve. And then if they don't improve, well, then you can say, I'm taking my business elsewhere. But don't be a human about it. Don't scream and yell because you're not going to get anywhere. Um, just like with, with a veterinarian, I think there are probably plenty of of veterinary staff who, um, I don't know, may not be as level-headed in a response who might say, how dare you be, blah, 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 you know, and, and so just aggression with aggression is not going to go anywhere. Talking to each other like human beings will. Um, and again, and if it doesn't and you don't get their desired result, go elsewhere. Well, so then what I did was I called the California Veterinary Medical Association. I just screamed at their executive director for hours. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't even do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's I, up with that as much. He's a great guy. I don't think he's going to be uh, <laughs> listening to that. So then, I, so then I decided the best plan of action was just to waste another hour of my life and just yell at a stranger over the right, phone who right. couldn't really do anything. I, mean, I bet you felt so much better about yourself. Oh, right? man, I felt so good. How do these so people good. feel after that? I hope it makes oh, them feel man. just so great. <laughs> oh, and then I was holding doors open for people and yelling, you're welcome all night. It was yeah, just yeah. A great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this is one of those episodes where it's like so fun. It's going to be such a fun listen for everyone, but they're just going to totally get a peek into like, you know, non-professional Adam just like, yeah, he's a weird guy. <laughs> what else What else can we pull out of this? Let's, let's find other Adam quirks. <laughs> look <laughs> <laughs> we'll out there we're gonna find more well, well i like the you know i like everything that you do and i like everything you're saying and it's just you know i just feel like the world is in such a weird place right now where it's just like you know everyone just feels this need to yell and scream about every and i get it and i like what you said like some people want to be heard it's just like Will it, what does it change? I mean, why don't they, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm going to talk in circles if I go down that path, but no. you know, for, for, you know, for vets listening in Massachusetts or not Massachusetts, whether it's about bowling and stuff like this or anything else going on, are there any tips that you have that you could just give them, whether it's, you know, how they're handling COVID, how they're running their business. I mean, you, you know, at MVMA, you, you all do so much you know, what are some of the things that, you know, that you see a lot of that just aren't getting handled properly? <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, I, shit. Mean, I think everyone is just doing the best they can. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a, you're not doing this right. You should be doing this. I think everyone is trying to figure it out with the resources they have. That's the problem. I wish I could create more vet techs. I wish I could create more veterinarians. I wish I could make clients be more understanding. Um, I, and I think the, the last point that making clients be more understanding is where the MVMA is trying to do better and trying to help. I think, you know, a lot of it does have to come from that side of things. The, the more I can't make it easier to be veterinary staff during a pandemic, <laughs> but I think if we can get the general public to understand this problem, um, that there are staffing shortages, that there, you know, that, that there's lower, that veterinarians are not like medical doctors where they're making what you might think they're making. And they, they have the same debt load. And it's, it's a very, people are not in this for the money. I think I hear that too often with clients. That's not what it's about. And so 
there's so there's so much stress already in this field before a pandemic when you're adding curbside when you're adding everyone is frustrated please don't take it out on staff i think and it, and and again it goes back to that staff and staff too it's not just the clients who need to be more understanding it's be patient with each other and be compassionate with each other and if someone messes up you know it's okay be grateful when someone does a good job like a a thank you from a coworker, a thank you from a superior is is big. Um, so just show appreciation. But yeah, just know that we are here for all of it. But I think especially from the public relations side, that's something we're really trying to amp up and and get the word out to really elevate the profession in the public eye. To end this wonderful chat, can I throw one grenade into the room because you were just saying something and it made me so I've been I've been almost wanting to save this for like a for like a full podcast episode, but I I really value everything you've been saying today. I would like your opinion on something I've been thinking about a lot because you talked about this isn't for the money. So I'm going to ask this question and veterinary practice owners are going to be like, dude, shut up. Don't say that. But I just, I need to know. Cause I, I, I need to understand the answer to this. And here's the question. <clears throat> okay. Suspense <laughs> is built. So if the doctors and practice owners aren't in it for the money and then you have like vet techs, you know, assistants and receptionists and practice managers who theoretically aren't in for the money, although they probably see it differently than the vets. If I was a, if I was a practice manager of a vet hospital doing 1.5 or 150, $200,000 a month in revenue and things were good. And I saw that we were running a, a, like a steady business and, and I made 19 to $21 an hour at this hospital and a vet hospital. And I could have the same job at a dental office, but make an extra five, $6 an hour. Why does anyone stay in vet med if the pay is so bad? Well, that's, I mean, first of all, I think you're hitting on a few things. So first of all, a lot of people aren't staying in vet med, which is a huge okay, issue. There's that. Um, so there's that. Um, and I mean, again, so many, I'm sure you've, you've talked to a lot of veterinarians and I imagine that when they tell their origin story, it goes back to that. I've known since I was a kid that I wanted to be a vet. I've known same with, with technicians and, and staff. I love animals. I want to do this work. Um, I can't imagine doing something else. And, and, you know, again, I, as a pet parent, see the bills and I know that it's really hard to, to, to shell out that money sometimes. Um, but if you think about it compared to human health care, like we all, most of us have insurance. So we don't see that the, the cost that's billed is 15000 and we're responsible for, you know, $100 copay or something. Yep. People don't have, a lot of people don't have pet insurance. I do because I'm not pet mom. Um, and I've had to use it and it saved me because I don't know if I could have given my, my pet the care that she needed um, without it. But um, I, I think you have, it's, it's, you have to look at the overhead cost. It's not just staff, it's the building, it's the equipment, it's, um, you know, the, the the labs, it's all of that. So yeah, you do have to have a, a bigger discussion on this with people who are really in it, I think. Um, I do, I, I'm serious, I think it would be really helpful for people to understand both staff and clients, but it also adds to the burnout for a lot of, veterinary staff, I think, you know, people, um, those greedy veterinarians, the, you know, or a client <laughs> yeah. who, who maybe can't pay and asks for a discount and that you might feel like you're that one person asking for the discount. They, they're asked for discounts all the time. And to, to be constantly discounting your services, you know, what does that do to your feeling of worth and your ability to pay your bills? Um, so no, it's a huge, it's, that's a huge subject for probably another day. Um, and maybe a beer. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> All right. Well, no, I, and I like what you, and I, again, it's something exact, by the way, I was thinking, I saw like a LinkedIn post a couple days ago that was just basically talking about why can't vets pay more what you're not seeing, you know, the difference between us and human health is just point blank. You know, again, it all had to do with the insurance. And I was like, shit, I've never thought of it like that. Cause I'm always like, Hey, I was there for eight minutes. Did, you know, two side of point shots spent 240 bucks 
And, and, and I left and I'm like, yep, that's more than we charge for a month where some people email us 30 times in that month. And you're like, okay, so what's the deal here? But yeah, you don't know, you know, you know I know there's a lot more that goes into it. So that would, we'll call that the, the grenade didn't go off. I threw it. It was like, a, you know, it was an old world, 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 world war two. Yeah. It's a yeah, mine so. that we're going to, we're going to tread carefully on and then come back to visit to us. Uh, <laughs> So how can people learn more about the MVMA? You know, how can they find what they need to find online? Can you, can you just give everyone the whole spiel on how to find you, how to sign up? If they're obviously if you're in Massachusetts, if you're in Florida, I mean, it would be weird, but I guess if you want to, you know, work with Jamie. I mean, Hey, we have associate membership for veterinarians. A lot of new England's a small state. We have a lot of people who are licensed in surrounding states who are also in Massachusetts. So we do have a discounted membership if you live outside of Massachusetts. Love it. Practice. So there you go. Uh, yeah, massvet.org, M-A-S-S-V-E-T.org. That's our website. We also are all over social, um, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, MassVetMedAssoc. Um, and hey, I'd give you my phone number, but it's already ringing off the hook. So I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll let you Google that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, please don't Google it and call her. Um, <laughs> but it, if you ever hold the door open for her and she doesn't say thank you, please chase her down and scream you're welcome. Um, I I really appreciate you coming on today. I mean, we have we work with a lot of hospitals that, that have Whisker Cloud marketing websites that are also members of this organization. And as some of the people on your board are people that we're really close to. And I think that's how this all came about. But I mean, this was, this was, uh, this is when exactly how I thought it would go. And I love it. You know, as much as I love having the vet people on, I always like when we have the non-vet people on, because, you know, you and I can sort of speak that language where it's like, we're not, we didn't go to vet school. We didn't go to school for any of this. I've never worked in a vet hospital. So I'm going to give you the outside perspective. And a lot of people might listen and be like, kiss our ass, come work here for a day. And you'll, and you, you know, you'll, you'll see it's different, but no, I appreciate it. And, you know, to everyone out there listening, Whisker Talks. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Please download, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, check out massvet.org and have a wonderful day. Thank you so much.